Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The key to making um, a good decision about anything starts with reviewing 100% of your options. 100% of your options as a share investor is the whole stock exchange. 100% of your options as a property investor is this massive country called Australia. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump and in this episode, we'll continue the conversation with Simon Presley, Managing Director and Head of Property Market Research at Propertology. You'll find out how to review 100% of your options and take advantage of Presley's extensive market research, all with a focus on your best interests as an investor. Also, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case studies where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free. Firstly, was there anything holding Presley back from initially investing into property? We all have to have the financial capacity to invest, of course. Um, uh, you know, and if, you're, if your own assets and your only way of getting financial capacity is, um, is equity, well, you know, you, you, you can't really control that. Markets will do what they do. Um, so the only other way is, uh, you know, um, asset of equity is, is save, accumulate uh, enough cash saving. So for everybody, you're going to go through periods of life where you want to invest but you just don't have the, um, the capacity. But probably the biggest constraint, well, it's not a constraint of, Propertyology because it's now our core business. But for the everyday Australian, the biggest constraint is it is mindset, and, and it's not challenging the status quo. It's sort of um, the inability to even think that where you live is your neighbourhood, but where you invest has got should have nothing to do with where you live. So don't put geographical constraints on yourself. For example, let's talk about Sydney, Australia's biggest city, which has now had four consecutive months of small price declines there's probably lots of sydney residents going oh i'd love to invest but the market's terrible so it's not a good time well definitely it's not a good time to be investing in sydney but how's that relevant i mean how many places do you want there's 25 million people who live in a country with 10 million dwellings um i would agree that um uh, about 20 percent of those it's not a good time to invest in that's sydney um, there's a few other locations that probably aren't a good time to invest in as well. But it's the mindset of understanding that a neighbourhood is one thing, but your market is Australia. Um, we try to coach our clients around mindset by using some analogies with shares. Let's say instead of you or I having $200,000, uh, 
um, to, you know, use it or underground or whatever, to use it as a deposit with some with a bank loan and buy a property somewhere. Let's say we had that same amount of money, one hundred or two hundred thousand dollars, but we preferred shares over property. Uh, and let's say Tyrone, this was your money, and you worked for Commonwealth Bank. Well, does that mean that you have to buy a hundred thousand dollars worth of Commonwealth Bank shares? No. So what 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 are your choices? What could you do as a share investor with your hundred grand? Oh, diversify into multiple companies if you want to have a diversified portfolio. Absolutely, and that's what astute share investors do. They say, "I've got an amount of capital. In this case, we'll keep using a hundred thousand um, dollars." And they will say, "Look, I've got you know on the Australian Stock Exchange. I don't know. I think it might be something like fifteen hundred companies or something like that." And they'll say, "Look, I want to put. Um, I'm making some stuff up here, but I might. I might want to put twenty percent into." Uh, into financial services stocks and and thirty percent into technology stocks and you know ten percent into mining stocks and so on and so on. Um, uh, so they allocate it that way, and then they'll go, okay, now of the twenty percent that I want to put into banking stocks, um, let's put five into CBA and let's put seven into Westpac or whatever. Um, and they're not going to guess with that either. They're going to spend some time un- understanding and analysing the fundamentals of Commonwealth Bank stocks versus ANZ stocks because they're going to be different positives and negatives with each of those. But what does a property investor do with the same 100 grand? They're a creature of habit. They say, I live in Sydney. Um, There's a suburb over here. There's a suburb over there. The key to making um, a good decision about anything starts with reviewing 100% of your options. 100% of your options as a share investor is the whole stock exchange. 100% of your options as a property investor is this massive country called Australia. So see property. Your home is your home. And that's a personal and, and largely an emotional decision. As an investor, it's a financial instrument. Disregard the features and benefits. Uh, it's irrelevant whether you do live there, whether you would live there, because that's not the objective. The objective is to make money. So see it as a commodity. Propertyology sees property as shelter. The biggest driver of demand for shelter will be employment-related and affordability-related. So think like that. Enter Propertology. They are able to help investors locate the right property and ensure everything runs smoothly, even in a situation where the investor wishes to diversify interstate. It sounds easy in theory. The process I've described is very pragmatic and and, and, and numbers-based and economic-based to pick a location. But then how do you find that individual property? If you're that person I described earlier, you live in Sydney and you'd follow the propertyology process and your research then leads you to, say, Hobart, how do you then find that right individual property in Hobart when you live in Sydney? And that's one of the challenges as to why a business such as propertyology never existed 10 years ago. Um, because that, that there's, there's things you need to do there that really require a physical presence in that location. Um, so, yes, there are challenges for everyday people to do that, um, even if they want to try and be a DIY researcher. But that's part of our service. That's what we do. Although Presley didn't have a specific mentor on his journey, he says it's important to gauge whether the person who is providing you with advice has your best interests at heart. Bearing in mind when we started Propertyology 10 years ago, it was a business that, you know, there was no business model like so. That, and I guess that's why it hadn't hadn't happened before. So physically impossible to have a mentor because there's no one you could learn from. But that doesn't mean we didn't we didn't gather learnings. Um, look, I mean, 
there's lots of people that you know have have already written lots of uh, reports, um, not just today, but for for a long period of time. Um, I just consume as much information um, way back then and, um, and and still now. Um, and look, some some of that stuff at the time of reading, you think that's gospel and that's got to be right, um, but then it doesn't unfold that way, and that's a great way of learning. Um, so just yeah, lots lots of reading other people's thoughts um, or putting uh, if I did stumble across something um, you know a piece of research or a report where someone forecasts something to happen and explain this is why I think that would be a good decision um, I just love proof um, of anything in in life so I'd then go looking for um, a different location at a different period of time that you know, uh, to the best of my ability, had the same ingredients that this person was describing, and, and did it unfold that way? Yes, yes or no. So now that's probably not sustainable for the everyday Australian to do that that yeah. sort of stuff. But then that's not their core business either. Uh, but it is it is my core what business. You do. So yeah, yeah um, but yeah, mentors. So no, not not one per se. Just I guess you learn over time, not just from reading one report, but when you read, you read lots of things that different individuals have, have read. Sometimes after a period of time, your opinion about that person might change. Um, you, you discover a vested interest or a, or a checkered past. Uh, just because someone's got a high profile in the media or a really big company, it doesn't mean that everything they say or anticipate should be taken as gospel with anything in life. However, you also need to recognize that nobody can predict the future, not even Warren Buffett. And the other thing, we're all speculating, whether it's property shares or anything else that we can buy money in with a, in anticipation of a, a better result in the future. We're all speculating because no one has got a crystal ball. You know, uh, Warren Buffett himself, officially the world's you know most successful investor, he's obviously a share investor, but he can't give himself or any of his clients a a guarantee, and there's going to be plenty of times he'll expect something to happen, and the, and the opposite happens. So, um, you know, um, some doesn't doesn't mean someone's a crook because they anticipated something and and it and it didn't happen. But there are people out there um, who do have a vested interest um, uh, or or a tainted past that perhaps shouldn't be trusted, um, but the general public might not know about that background. Some resources Presley consults include those by Jim Collins and Michael Gerber. I'm going to sound like a nerd, I probably am, but most of the stuff I read is uh, industry reports and economic stuff. But um, uh, books, um, Good to Great is a good business book. Um, the E-Myth is a, is a great, you know, really basic um, business book. Um, you know, I, I don't mind reading. They're not property related. They're not financial related. But I, I don't mind reading autobiographies just by successful people um, in general. And I love sports, so um, you know, I've read a number of um, uh, biographies by just successful sports people. But there often are some things that are common to their attitude, um, their work ethic, um, their passion, their their will to do whatever is required to become really good in whatever path they choose in life. Um, you know, for some people, it might be in my case. You know, Michael Voss is a god, uh, being a Brisbane Lions yeah. fan. Um, but you know, he's so he's chosen the AFL path. Yep. But there are others who've chosen the the business path or the Warren Buffett share path, or whatever. I think all successful people, there's something that they have in their makeup. Um, you know, um, we're all born with four arms and four legs at the end of the day. So why do some do 
you know, better than others. And look, we all have setbacks. Um, you know, I've had plenty, and I and I think they are. We said we mentioned this earlier, Tyrone. You know, um, mistakes and setbacks are the biggest learnings. But I don't think, um, you know, humans in general, I don't think they appreciate that enough when they're going through it. We all go through them. Um, but I, I might, might sound a bit sadistic, but when I'm going through a, a big challenge, yeah, I feel hurt just like everyone else. But I'm, I've learned over the years to take the time while I'm in that moment feeling that pain and how did I get here? Um, what decision did I make? Was it something I did or was it something that's, you know, I had no control over whatsoever, but what was the cause? Um, you know, because I don't want to feel that pain again. Um, so if I can take the time now while I'm feeling it to identify what one thing or multiple things contributed to it, then I can keep a lookout for those things in the future. Similarly with the successes, we need to celebrate our wins in life. And when and take the time while you're celebrating um, to think about what's the hard work and what's the tough decisions and what's the sacrifices I made to get to this point because this is a wonderful feeling. I want to get it again. So whether you're looking for that football premiership or, or the business success or the financial success, I think there's some common behaviours there. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into the best advice Presley has ever received. If something's you know that important to not do, then take it upon yourself to not just do it but do it as well as you can. What his team at Propertology can do to help you in your own property investing journey? We'll develop enough confidence in our research on a particular location to say, hey, we think over the course of the next, say, five to ten years that this particular location has the potential to outperform the broader Australian market and we want to help clients take advantage of that. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. at buying or investing in property? Like what are the property hotspots or how do I start my portfolio? Clever ways to renovate and how to make an extra $50,000? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts at the Property Buy Expo in Brisbane on the 26th to 27th of May. Use the promo code PI for a free 2-day pass valued at $50. For tickets and more information, visit the website at propertybuyexpo.com.au. Now back to the show. The best advice he has ever received is to do a thorough job in whatever he sets out to do. I like the saying, if it's worth doing, do it well. If something's you know that important to not do, then take it upon yourself to not just do it, but do it as well as you can. You know, In my own personal life, things that are important to me, I place a lot of value on professional services. There's probably very few things, if anything, in life that there's not there's not a bunch of experts out there somewhere, and no one's an expert of of anything. But if there's something important enough to me that I just I just have to do it, um, then probably the best decision that Simon Presley can make is finding the best specialist. If I get that right and I have a good relationship with them, then I, that still doesn't give me guarantees, but it certainly significantly increases my odds that the net result um, is going to be cl- you know, closer to what I, what I want than if I become a DIY. 
Presley's biggest aha moment came when he and his team were able to pinpoint the potential growth in specific locations throughout Australia. We're the only only uh, firm in Australia that picked Hobart's boom several years back. I'd like to come back to that. But, but the biggest aha moment was several years ago now, probably five years ago, um, we did a study that took several months. Um, it involved breaking Australia down into the 550 individual local governments that are spread across our eight states and territories. Um, so we got the official data um, of these 550 LGAs that we call it, which is the equivalent of our of the property investors' stock exchange, if you like. Um, and that, that's how we view property is every one of those 550 local councils is the equivalent of a company on the on the stock exchange. So we sort of thought I'll pay in tens and tens of thousands of dollars to a big company called CoreLogic. Um, and, and all that gives you is uh, a massive file with billions and billions of cells of data. Um, so that's obviously costly, but the bigger cost than that is the hundreds and hundreds of hours that we, we spent creating all sorts of formulas and um, you know different spreadsheets and charts and, and, and analysing it. And why we did it, Tyrone, was just so we thought – you know, the property world has always been full of all these myths and theories um, and investing in property is, a, you know, it's a big decision. It's a lot of money. No one's ever going to be able to give us a guarantee. But what if we actually put all these theories to the test? What if we got all the evidence um, and devoted whatever time and resources was required to test all these things? So we thought, well, the place, to, you, you got to get all the historical data. So, so we got all that data for 550 LGAs, and we took it back to the to the turn of the century, first of January two thousand. Um, and we then, for each of these five hundred fifty LGAs, we worked out the average annual capital growth rate for five hundred fifty locations over that um, over that period of time. So it was two full property cycles, a long long period of time. Um, we then got the average rental yield for each of those five hundred fifty LGAs, and we added them together to give a total return on investment over that long period of time. And we then uh, literally filtered it and, uh, and ranked them from best performed to worst performed. Then they studied the outcome of this research and start to question why. When we looked at the best performed, we saw um, a, a majority of the names were not the high-profile locations that you and I and everyone would probably expect to be at the top. They weren't the Sydneys and Melbournes. Um, they were predominantly regional locations that we'd all heard of, but they certainly weren't the, you know, the really big cities with large population masses. And then when we looked down the, the bottom 10 20%, we actually saw the locations that we thought would be at the top. Um, so to quote some facts, so Greater Sydney is made up of 43 LGAs, and zero of those 43 LGAs appeared in the top 40% in Australia over that massive period of time. Zero. Oh, that's very surprising, actually. Okay. <laughs> Australia's second biggest city um, is Melbourne, obviously, which is made up of 31 LGAs. And 27 out of 31 also appeared in the bottom 40%. So let me first say that every location in Australia over this massive period of time experienced significant growth. And every location had periods of booms and, and flat periods and even periods of a couple of years of decline. But when you're talking about um, stretching it out over the journey, um, what we what the evidence taught us was affordability was a common denominator amongst the better performed 
locations. Directly explains why Australia's two biggest cities were in the bottom 40% and not in the top 10 or 20 that before doing the study we would have expected to occur. Um, the regional locations, well, all regional locations are more affordable than capital cities, but it's not just a matter of buying a region because it's cheaper, because there are also plenty of regional locations that were, you know, in the bottom half, not the top half. Um, so when we looked at, the, you know, what's, what's, what also is common, it was economic development. So there were periods throughout the journey where certain industries did well, different um, uh, regional locations throughout Australia um, benefited from um, businesses expanding or infrastructure projects, uh, um, it's just job growth in, in general. Um, so that gave us the proof that it's in this game of investing, the most valuable information is we're still forecasting, um, but is to try to anticipate which industries are going to perform the best in the future. Uh, which ones are likely to expand and create jobs and wage growth and confidence and that sort of stuff. And then every um, location in Australia, capital city and non-capital city, um, what is their economic profile? Through this intensive market research, Presley's aim was to learn from the patterns made in each particular area. It's a historical study but the purpose of doing it is to learn from the evidence it still doesn't give us a guarantee, um, but it's a lot better than relying on wives' tales. Um, and you know, and so therefore, as a business, we place a, a lot more value on economic data and, and, and uh, industry reports and that sort of stuff than um, historical property data. It's not that we're not interested in something like a vacancy rate or a change in a median property value, but if you think about it, that that's behind us. That's the rear vision mirror. You can't make an investment decision in 2018 and say, please give me the growth that Sydney got from 2013 onwards. You can't do that. No. Well, what's happened in the past has happened. You've just got It's to... happened in the past. And no one can tell us what's in the future. Um, but the, the most valuable information is trying to anticipate the economic profile of each of Australia's capital cities and non-capital cities. What is that? And how is that likely to change? This project was key to how Propertology managed to spot the potential growth in Hobart. Guy had been as guilty as you know every other Australian for several years of describing Tasmania as an economic basket case. It technically went through recession. Um, the whole country obviously uh, felt the brunt of the GFC, um, but obviously some cities uh, suffered more more than others. Um, it's not that long ago, 2011. Eight out of eight capital cities actually declined in value. That year, including Sydney, um, but but Hobart, um, I mean, you know, values didn't plummet any more than you know, say Brisbane or Adelaide. Um, but it, its broader economy um, did suffer more, and it's not just because of the GFC. They had issues with their with their forestry industry. They had one state government for 16 years, which is a heck of a long period of time. They probably become stale. Um, but, but we love challenging the status quo and I think too often in the property game, um, everyone's guilty of giving a location. There's a stigma, good or bad, that's attached to it. Um, and, you know, if, if you don't actually take the time out and study the fundamentals yourself, you can foolishly think a location is going to have a good period and, and it doesn't or you can mistaken 
um, a checkered pass to be, oh, you know, don't waste your time there when it actually could be about to have a good period of time. So we took the time to just to understand why has Hobart's, you know, property market struggled, what are actually what actually um, drives its economy, what are, breaking it down to the into the various industries, tourism, uh, advanced manufacturing, it's a university city, um, it's it's a it's a massive foodie place. Um, there's a science element to it. Um, so once we understood that, we then formed an opinion of what's the outlook for each of those industries. And we'll tick them lots of boxes. Um, you know, it's going to it's going to improve. Um, and then we started looking at the key employers in Hobart for some of those industries, reading some reports and proposals, and they're all planning new projects and job growth and they're engaging with China and India and like, geez, this is all exciting. Of course, none of it had happened, but they're all trending in the right direction. They're all it's positive action. Then they looked at the available supply in Hobart and at the conclusion of their research, they were able to recommend it to clients as a prospective investment. Supply was already tight. Property values hadn't fallen. They just hadn't grown for several years. The vacancy rates were low. Rental yields were still were still strong and then we looked at the building approval volumes. We put a lot of value on building approval volumes because that's that's the leading indicator to future supply and it was low. So look, if you didn't put a, a tag to it, in this case Hobart, if you just said here's a location, I'm not going to tell you where it is, but here's all the information about it. You would have thought this is a perfect buying opportunity for that state. We gave Hobart out the Propertyology official green light in very early 2014 when the market was dead flat. Um, the locals themselves would have invested there, um, but we backed our research and our professional judgment about its economy, um, you know, uh, improving over future years. Um, I think in 2014 and 15 combined, we bought, we would have bought roughly 50 properties. Um, for everyday Aussies and I can guarantee you that none of those 50 people um, sought us out and said please help us invest in Hobart Um, they sought us out saying we want to invest Um, we're keen to learn more about what you do and how you can help us Um, and after earning their trust and confidence um, we recommended Hobart and bought property Going above and beyond to provide investors with the best market research the Propertology team travel interstate to get detailed information from local professionals on their particular part of Australia. Yeah, so we're combining the market research of all of Australia, like we've already described, with an award-winning buyer's agent service. So our office is in Brisbane. We don't have an office in every location throughout Australia. Our office is in Brisbane. But, but from time to time in every single year, we'll develop enough confidence in our research on a particular location to say, hey, we think over the course of the next, say, five to ten years that this particular location has the potential to outperform the broader Australian market and we want to help clients take advantage of that. So we've made a decision as a business on a particular location. Um, myself and members of the propertyology team then physically spend, we fly to that location wherever it is. We'll, we'll spend a good week there. We will meet with local government um, officials, you know, councils, town planners, mayors, economic development managers. We eyeball them in their boardroom and we ask them lots of questions about their city and uh, new proposals and new infrastructure so that we we can envision how that's likely to change over the next few years. So we've already decided to invest in the city 
but we now need to get another layer of information to determine which parts of this city and then drill down to specific streets that we would or would not invest in. And that's a combination of uh, the fabric of that city as it is today and then overlaying um, proposed changes, how that community is going to change in the foreseeable future. So, for example, uh, you might have a low-density suburb today that's predominantly houses, but there might be zoning changes and in, you know, five, ten years it could be full of apartments. Is that going to be good or bad and which parts of town is that going to happen in? Um, might be plans to widen roads or build tunnels or bridges or new industrial estates. So, how do they determine the best hotspots for property investors? This information comes from a combination of our daily research from our Brisbane office and also things that are that are told to us and shared with us face-to-face with people like council, chambers of commerce, um, you know, different industry uh, leaders, that sort of thing. Um, we study uh, things like flooding and, um, you know, uh, petty crime, the pockets to avoid, uh, where the vandals hang out, um, where are the key employment nodes, um, new shopping centres, those sort of things. And we physically drive down all the streets. You picture a massive big street map um, and, and a couple of different colour highlighters. And my team and I physically colour in every every street on that map before we get back to our office here um, to determine whether we would or would not in, invest in a particular street. So we have that information at our fingertips. Now, now that's knowing that been born, bred and lived there their entire life because to them it's their neighbourhood. But to us it's something completely different. In terms of personal habits, Presley believes that perseverance and not taking things at face value are things that have contributed to his success. Uh, lots of hard work, perseverance... Um, don't take things for granted, um, challenge the status quo, Just there's so many things that uh, you know, we mentioned earlier, the wives tales and things that you know society constantly drums down our throat that we just take as gospel because everyone's saying it, there's a, there's a number of those things that you know, if you actually take the time and, and study, um, the evidence can contradict it. So, if he met his past self from 10 years ago, what would he say? What I'd say to myself, look, we've all got strengths and we've all got weaknesses. Um, try to be honest with yourself with what your weaknesses are and identify someone who you uh, trust and respect who have complementing strengths in those areas. So, in my case, I'm a very pragmatic um, decision maker, uh, unemotional um, but there are a couple of people I've met in life that um, I wish that I had my wife by my side who's got great, really strong emotional intelligence um, and tapped into her and, and she would go, you can't trust them. Um, you know, I would have, wouldn't have picked those sort of, sort of things up. To connect with Presley and learn more from him through Propertology, you can call or visit the website start with our, uh, our, our website, um, propertyology.com.au, propertyology.com.au. There's lots of free stuff there. Um, there's uh, uh, some general information about our services, but there's also lots of blogs and, and research reports where we won't necessarily, we're not going to make recommendations on a public site about, you know, um, where someone should invest. But we do um, produce lots of reports so that the general public can form opinions about our insights. 
um, they get an understanding about um, why we think, for example, Sydney might not be a, a good place to invest and the things that are going to influence that or why they should have an open mind to different parts of regional Australia. So, so people can read those things at their leisure, at no cost, and work out for themselves whether um, we're making some sense. And uh, if they feel that, you know, we are, um, yeah, just give us a call, one three hundred sixty five forty seventy, and we'll go from there. Thank you to Simon Presley, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinveststory.com. Simply type in the search bar Simon Presley and select that episode to learn more about his story. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send out exclusively via email, then head over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com to receive your free case studies. Thanks for listening.